0: I'm a big believer that experience teaches. My goal with this show is to have guests to share their experience so that they can tell you what it's like, what they did right, and what they did wrong. And I'm going to share the same. Look, I'm not trying to regurgitate stuff you can find on the internet. I'm going to tell you how it really is and what it's really like to own your own place. This is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast with your host, Kyle and Sarah. Welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast, or welcome. Welcome. If this is your first time here, I'm your host, Kyle and Sarah, and this is the number one and fastest growing podcast in the universe for independent restaurant owners. You know what? I usually say a little more enthusiasm with that, but I'm going to be honest with you. It is December 27th, and I am exhausted. My God, we just a quick little side note here. We moved. It was a mess. And anybody who moves knows what a mess that is. Like, they always say it's like, one of the most stressful things you can do, and I will uh, vouch for that. Then a week later, we had to help move my mother-in-law. So there's that. I'll leave that one there just in case I ain't got any family members listening <laughs> to this show. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. Everybody had to chip in. And then, not only did we have a holiday party, but we hosted Christmas Eve. So, yeah, my voice is a little more hoarse than usual, but it's all good. It's the holiday season you know drank a little bit too much maybe ate a lot and that's what it's for you gotta do what you gotta do what you need to do you're gonna go on a diet you're not gonna drink you're not gonna hang out with family you just, you just gotta get in it it comes at you and you take it as it is that's it it's kind of like the restaurant business in a lot of ways um but yeah so now getting ready for new year's eve unfortunately this um i wanted to curse but i feel like cursing in the intro is not okay but this effing Omicron virus is wreaking havoc here in the Northeast again. So I've already seen some restaurants that are closing till after the holiday, which is crazy, which sucks that they're getting ruined by the holiday, by the by this virus again. Um, but look, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. I think this Omicron thing is going to go faster than what everybody thinks. And next thing you know, it'll be spring and this whole shit will be behind us. That's it. That's what I'm... That's what my... That's what I'm going on the record as saying. So, there we go. Um, heading towards our goal. By the end of this week, we will be at episode 100 for the year, which is was quite a bit of an undertaking. But you know what? Um, super stoked about it and super stoked about what's coming up in the new year. So, um, thank you for supporting this entire time. We are constantly growing, constantly trying to put new um technology to make this more streamlined, get better guests on. So all of you that have been hanging in for this year, I really appreciate it. It's been a heck of a ride and I'm really ecstatic where we're at. And and uh yeah, again, looking forward to what what comes next. And yet another connection of mine from this pandemic time, another restaurant guy who just has his finger on the pulse of what's going on. He's my boy Matt Plapp. He's the CEO at America's Best Restaurants and he also happens to be like the busiest Most nonstop dude in the game. They are, you know, they are like a marketing company. He's written, um, he he wrote a book, which we talk about here on the show. It's uh, Restaurant Marketing That Works, Back to the Basics, which is helpful, right? Like, that's what we say go back to the basics and things get a little hairy. Matt does an awesome job of that, and his team is like a well oiled machine. They're traveling the country in vans, they're going, popping in, seeing um, people all around the country to, to just do business and talk to them and help them and do his podcast. And he's just out there and he's really leading the charge, uh, when it comes to this marketing game and restaurants, which is not easy, not easy if you're doing it yourself. Um, but look, it's another hat you have to wear as an owner can't be too disconnected from the process. So, um, my boy, Matt Plapp, CEO of America's best restaurants author, please click the link in the bio to buy a copy of the book. And, uh, If you need a book and you don't want to buy one, you let me know. I'll send you a copy of the book. So uh, anyway, my boy, Matt Platt, CEO, America's Best Restaurants. Today's episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern team management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. Effective team management is more important than ever to ensure profitability and restaurant success, especially as restaurants start to open back up and expand their teams. Trusted by over half a million restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to simplify scheduling, easily manage time and attendance, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll systems you already use and trusts your turning team into a competitive advantage for your business. Right now, National Restaurant Owners Podcast listeners can get three months absolutely free. Get started at www7 dot com backslash national hyphen restaurant hyphen owners hyphen podcast that's the number seven s h i f t s dot com slash national restaurant owners podcast to get three months of industry leading team management for free tap the table is the world's fastest online ordering platform sell your food merch and event tickets fast and frictionlessly on the most popular social media channels, including Facebook and Instagram. Converting comments into customers is what made Tap the Table famous in the F&B tech space. Tap the Table allows your restaurant to automatically convert the comments you get on social media into cash. Build your list and own your data. With Tap the Table, your supercharged social media will automatically begin working for you by building your own list and allowing you to own your own data. Automatically build that list through direct sales on social media and even through third-party delivery services like Uber Eats and DoorDash for a risk-free 60-day trial. DM me TTT for a special promo code today. I want to keep it real with you guys. A lot of you need a new website. A lot of you. And by a lot, I mean most of you need a new website, which is why I partnered with Bento Box to help you do just that. They provide uh, a full-service setup That brings agency-level design online in days at a fraction of the cost. And just because you're a listener of this show, you can also receive 50% off your setup fees by clicking the link in my bio and entering the code FOU6 in the How Did You Hear About Bento Box section. Again, that's code FOU6. Bento Box. Own your presence. Own your profits. Own your relationships. Oh, thank God I did that. That would have been bad. Let's do that. All right, guys. That was real live. That's what it's really like to be live and doing this stuff from your house, right? You don't remember someone's going to oh, call yeah. you and it's hooked up to your computer. <laughs> um. All right, guys. Welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. My name is Kyle and Sarah. I'm the host, and I'm joined today by Matt Platt. Matt, thank you for being so flexible and taking the time today to enjoy me. I know we've had a couple of hiccups that were totally my fault, so Thank you again for You're for welcome. being so accommodating.
1: You're welcome. I appreciate you having me on.
0: So, before we get into everything, all right, I want to just kind of set the tone here. Okay. I'm gonna ask you a question, Uh-oh. and you just give me your. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a legitimate business question. The other questions okay. might come later. Um, in your opinion, right now, what's the most important characteristic? personality trait that somebody needs to have to run a successful restaurant?
1: Well, I, I from what I've seen the last 16 months, mm. I would say unwavering, what's the word? Determination to succeed. I mean, I, I don't mm. know how you even put that in a word. I mean, cause I think in order, the restaurant's the biggest hustle. I yep. mean, if, you know, I'm lucky. I'm in the marketing world. Like, you know, there's nobody calling me at 10 o'clock at night. There's nobody calling sick at 2 a.m. There's no pop machine breaking. So I you've got to have just a gut of guts of steel. And yeah. especially after the past 16 to 18 months. I mean, like the people the people in this entire country, outside of obviously frontline workers and medical and military, the small business owners that have had their teeth kicked in, the people that survived. It's like holy crap. So I'd say a uh, let's say gut of steel.
0: Yeah. Um, that's fair enough to say. I mean, it seemed like there was one thing right after another. So I think a gut of steel would, would probably come in handy. Um, all right. So let's let's dive into it. Let's dive into who you are, how you got started. So let, let's start at the beginning. Are you you're a restaurant guy? How how, do, how does the Matt Plapp story start, and we'll work our way from there?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a marketing guy at heart. Sales guy. I started in radio sales back in 1999. I bought a book on web design. And me and my dad and brother started a boat and RV dealership from scratch on the internet, which is kind of funny because I think about it now. I tell the story, and I remember watching Gary V's, you know, YouTube videos back in the day. How people thought he was like selling wine through like wires. Like, no, I'm selling like shipping it to people. Yeah. And, I mean, we were we literally had we were doing three million dollars a year in boat and RV sales without a location, oh and it was gosh. all on the internet. And if you know me, I'm not a tech person. Uh, I I know a lot, unfortunately, because I, I sometimes wish I didn't know the stuff I knew from a standpoint of doing, being able to do things digitally and online. But back then, I literally, me and my dad and brother had an idea. And I said, hey, let's do something together. And I bought a book on how to create websites. And a month later, I created a website. And it grew to a $15 million company that we all ended up hating 10 years later. But it was exactly. fun while it was lasted. Uh, And then in that time, I just accidentally learned the internet. Uh, We became Yamaha's number one dealer, number three dealer nationwide, but we were the number one on the internet. We were outperforming Yamaha on this thing called Google back in the early 2000s. And I was tasked with creating how-tos to help boat dealers get into the day and age. The the places they still aren't right now in 2021, (laughs) I was trying to show them in like 03, 04, 05. Uh, Through that time when I worked in radio... That's how I got into the restaurant biz. I guess it probably started a little earlier. Uh, my dad, who I'm actually doing a live video with at three on Thursdays when I'm home, we do a thing called Live Fire with Dad. He's like a human That's comic awesome. book, uh, like a cartoon character in real life. <laughs> and he, back in my, when I was a kid, he had restaurants insured. That He had an insurance agency and his number one clients were restaurants and then car dealers. And literally every night of the week, we ate out. I used to joke that my mom, I didn't think she could cook. Because we ate out. My, Monday nights was Mike Finks. Tuesdays was, you know, barley coins. Wednesdays, wall hitching Post. These were all restaurants. They were his clients. And he's like, hey, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to see my clients shake hands, kiss babies, network within right. the restaurant, and then eat dinner. And so I think that was ingrained in me seeing the business a lot and growing up around a lot of restaurateurs uh, in, in mm-hmm. my life, knowing a lot of them. And when I got in the radio, you know, when you're in radio advertising, the, the way you make money is commission. You sell people stuff. And when I looked at all the people that were buying advertising, they were all taken because people had been there, the car dealers, the people spending stupid money. And I looked at who wasn't spending money on radio. And this is back in 99. And it was restaurants. And I said, why aren't they spending money on restaurants? Well, because they don't have 10 grand a month to spend like this car dealer right. does. They don't yeah. have the, what I call the FU money in marketing. I said, okay, well, how can we? How can I kill two birds with one stone here? How can I help them and help us and not, you know, figure a whole game plan? Well, I... Came to the conclusion number one, I wanted to do what my dad did. I wanted to eat out every day of the week for lunch and take clients' places. I said, okay, if I can bring influential business people in the restaurants, that's a benefit to the restaurant. Uh, number two, we can trade it out. And then I looked for inventory that nobody else was buying Friday drive time, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. And I went to restaurants and I literally became the restaurant trade king where I had probably 40 restaurants giving me 500 bucks a month in trade and spending 500 bucks a month on radio. And I was stuffing their radio schedules. Like I was going behind my manager's back and like adding 20 (laughs) spots here and there. And so they all, they all were getting a lot of value. And then at the same time, I'm they're seeing business people come in every week. And I have one client, Ferrari's little Italy in Madeira, Ohio. that said, Matt, everybody you bring in for lunch is back the weekend with their wife and their kids because I was bringing good people. And so that, that was my original connection to restaurant business. And then in 2008, when we got out of the boat and RV business, and uh, started going into marketing consulting. Uh, I, my first clients were restaurants. And so from that point on, from 08 to 15, we built a pretty successful regional marketing company, myself and two other people. Uh, one person for a while. Uh, She's been with 10 years. And then we added somebody else down the road and a couple other people down the road. Now we're up to 40 uh, employees. And when 2015 came around, ironically, this is legitimately my water bottle. It's from Hofbrau's Pittsburgh. It's not, I'm not drinking beer. So when you see me drinking, it, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of funny why this is here it was two weeks ago. We got a new building. We just bought and rehabbed. It's 9,000 square foot headquarters. The lower level is called America's best Restaurants university. The upper level is deep workspace. It's a shared workspace that any restaurant in this region can use free of charge. Come in here, have your shift meetings, have your, your annual meetings, come wow. in here and relax, get out of the restaurant. So we're launching now our first events in September.
0: A yeah, great idea.
1: But reason I had this growler was I was looking to drink some water out of our little fancy filtered water <laughs> things. I had no cups, but I had this growler from a promotion we did in 2015 with Hopper House on my bookshelf. And I'm like, well, hey, I don't even drink.
0: So <laughs> I know it hasn't
1: been used. I'm just gonna drink out of the growler, so I've been doing it lately. Everybody thinks I'm a raging alcoholic. I think now. <laughs> but,
0: I mean, there's a little Hofbra House should throw you a couple bucks. I mean, yeah, you know, you're walking three around bucks. with that thing.
1: Yeah, there you go. Friend of mine owns the uh, three of them, so I could say, hey, Nick, you know, Nick and Jay and Eric, you need to sponsor me. Yeah, but I'm on something here. This is what caused these three books. You know, my third book we're gonna talk about today. The first two books was back in 2015. We were spending about a million two annually for Hofbra House. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Columbus, and Newport on radio, TV, billboards, direct mail, uh, everywhere. And Nick and these guys did not understand digital. They didn't know. Yeah. I was all about, I've always been about anybody that walks in the four walls, anybody that comes at a website, anybody that engages on social media, how do I get their name, phone number, email, visit frequency and gender? If I can get that information, it's a unfair game because I'm going to get that competitor, that, that restaurant person back, that customer back. More and more. And my competitors aren't going to have a ability to talk to them. And so that was always my game plan. Well, back in 2015, Nick used to always say, I can't deposit likes. You're spending all this money on this thing called Facebook. And yeah, you're getting 100,000 YouTube video views on this new beer we had come out, which they didn't appreciate how, like literally we had one month, 38,000 views on one location restaurant on their beer of the month within like three weeks on YouTube.
0: That's massive. And so
1: they didn't get it. And so we did a couple of things. We did a promotion on National Pretzel Day, which was April 26th. And then we also did a promotion not too far after that was Growlers, was they were having a hard time selling Growlers. And I said, you know what? Let's buy a bunch. Let's get on Facebook. Let's run an ad. Let's send an email out to our database. Say go to this landing page, fill out five pieces of information. When you fill it out, you'll get a digital voucher to come into the restaurant. You can pick up your Growler that we paid $2.29 for $2.28 for the logo to Growler. It comes with no beer. Beer is not included, but legal. And they walked in and 9.9 out of 10 people picked up this growler, filled it with beer for $18, and then sat there and drank another beer at the bar and had a bratwurst. And you, know, that, you look at the front end and it's sexy because it drove traffic, it drove sales. But the back end is like, dude, 2,500 people gave us nice. their name, their gender, their phone number, their email, their birthday. Yeah, that's it's all you need to prosper in the future.
0: Now, talk, talk about that because, well, you know, obviously, you know, with the third party stuff, that's kind of come to the, the spotlight, but I still feel like, you know, you know, obviously the big guys get it, right? But, you know, those middle tier guys are, are still kind of struggling with, with understanding how to handle that information. So, so, once you have that information, why is it so important? What should they do with it?
1: So, I got to disagree with you. The big guys don't get it. Really? The big guys are terrible at it. I talk hmm. to a couple major companies all the time. I've got friends of mine that are big wigs at big, big, big companies that could buy and sell me every 20 minutes and just throw me in the garbage. Mm -hmm. And they don't get it. They don't know how to use the data. And they use the data incorrectly and then when they even get it. But the number one thing that restaurants struggle with, and this really cracks me up, is that about 85% of the people who walk in, if you're a restaurant owner and you're watching this, if you're a consumer Mm -hmm. and you're in a restaurant tonight for dinner, 85% 85% of 10 people walk in, 8.5 of them, maybe the short person's the 0.5, but 8.5 of them walk in and out. That restaurant does not know who they are, meaning they do not have their information yeah. in an organized fashion and an ability to easily deploy marketing to those people. And that cracks me up because that's what i thrived on. When I sold radio advertising, I knew every business I ever talked to. I knew Michelle from the agency, from the Ohio lottery. I knew she liked Grater's ice cream because her husband was from here. I knew that she liked the chocolate, the chocolate chip strawberry they had every summer and Grater's was a client of mine. So I went to Maybe. Richard Grater and got a case of it ahead of time and sent it to her. I knew my customers. When yeah. I launched my agency in 08, people go, man, Matt, how did you launch your marketing firm so quick? Because we grew really quick. I took my, my database that I had from 10 years prior when I worked in radio and I yeah. kept in touch with those people the whole time. I still knew who they were. They liked me. No, like and trust. Yeah. And I did that. And I always use the example of my wife You, know, I've been married 22 years as of like three weeks ago, we've been together 26. This doesn't happen if I do not ask Christy for her phone number in college. Right. And so if you're a restaurant tour, think about the fact that you've, you've, you've built an awesome restaurant. You've got an awesome team. You've got amazing food. But eight out of ten people that come in and enjoy it and leave, you do not make an effort to get their information to get them to come back.
0: Yeah, that's a big thing, and a lot of times too, they you take for granted, or they take for granted, like, oh, I don't need to reach out to Susie and Bill. They're here every Thursday night. They don't. They don't. Why do I need? I need new people? Hope and pray. Get that part, yeah. So talk about talk about that. What's the difference between marketing? Because I I was reading some of your book is is like they don't need to hear some information. They already know where the parking lot is, right? They they don't need to hear that. What about the other, like, talk about the difference between marketing to your existing customers versus marketing to, to, you know, the unknowns.
1: Yeah. So there's three questions. There's a question we asked that has three possible answers when somebody interacts with marketing uh, to get people's information. We have an acronym, ABR, our company's America's Best Restaurants, Mm -hmm. but the acronym is attract, build, retain. We want to attract attention. That's what marketing does. We want to build a database with that attention and then we want to retain customers. So the question you're asking is about retention. So if I've got a thousand people that came into this marketing funnel and gave me their information, the first question I ask is to qualify who they are. Are they a new customer, a lost customer, a frequent customer? And at that point, I can differentiate them and talk to them differently because like you said a new customer might need to know the hours. They might need to know the menu. They might need to know, do I have parking? Like I actually heard that from a restaurant tour in downtown Cincinnati recently. It's like one of my biggest problems, people say there's nowhere to park. I'm like, you've got a parking lot with 500 cars across the like, I know people think it's not ours. <laughs> I mean, it's a shared parking lot. Anybody can park in for free. Right. And so that new customer needs to know that. The frequent customer, the Susie and Tom that come every Thursday night, they know where to park. They know your hours. They know the menu. They just need to be reminded. And so when you talk about ABR, track, build, retain, the retention part includes different types of attention. What can you do? Because I call it uh, hope and pray versus aim and expect. I hope that Kyle had a great meal at my restaurant. I pray that he comes back again next Thursday. I look at it differently. I want to aim and expect. I know Kyle had a good meal last week. Guess what? I've got his name, phone number, and email. And I've got him retargeted through Facebook pixel and YouTube and Google. So wherever that dude goes, if I want to click a button, he sees my name. Yeah. So what I always tell restaurants is you got to look at your clients. If somebody's a brand new customer, you need to have a campaign that indoctrinates them, whether it's from week one, like we have a 52 week campaign that when people join a program, a restaurant has us running on their behalf until they walk in two times, they are in that campaign. And it goes through an entire sequence. If they never come in in six months, at six months in one week, they get a message. It's basically like, dude, do you hate us? Like, do you just dislike us a lot? We gave you a free burrito. What if we gave you 20 free burritos? What if we came and washed your car? So you can have those conversations. (laughs) But if it's a frequent customer, they don't need that. So what we encourage people to do with a frequent customer is have different conversations. Why are they visiting your restaurant? Because it's date night, because it's yep. the kids are out of our home of the babysitter. So try and figure out a way to talk to them. So we do two campaigns a month to frequent customers. And one of them is called an engagement con- uh, promotion. So, for example, in April, eight engagement campaign was Mother's Day.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: went to women, women who told us they were frequent. We sent them an email and a text and said, hey, go to Facebook. Click the button below, comment on the post, a special memory of you and your mom. In May, we did it for fathers. We said, hey, go to Facebook. Because we look at who's more likely to engage with certain topics. In in March of next year, we'll do something for March Madness. Hey, the bracket's out. Click here. Go to Facebook and tell us what team is going to bring home the title. You know, So we're not emailing them about eating at the restaurant. They already know and like your restaurant. They don't give yeah. a shit excuse my language. They need, to, they, they need to be invited in yeah. a different manner. And a, and a friend of mine told me one time, a guy named Peter Wiley, who's an awesome marketer and restaurateur, has a brand called Hothead Burritos, him and his brother out of Dayton, Ohio, and Rapid Fired Pizza. He said, Matt, at the end of the day, if somebody is already engaging with Hothead Burritos, if they see my brand 10 times in a year, it might encourage them to come and say one time. If they see it 100, that one might go to five. If they see it 500, 5,000, 10,000, Now, all of a sudden, they're going to eat my food. I don't need to tell them what my burritos are. I just need them to see my info. When I look at that, I say, okay, I take it a step farther. I don't want them to see my name, my restaurant client's names. I want them to engage. I want them to click a button. I want them to comment. I want them to like. I want them to share. Because if I can get them to take an action, it's going to be ingrained in their head. And the more times they see that restaurant's brand, uh, the better. What happens with email, uh, Kyle, is that people will send the same email to their entire database fifty two weeks here. New frequent yeah. get so personal. yeah, and then it's and then on the same level, it's all about me, my wine list, my beer list, my pizza, taco Tuesdays. And what happens is three, four, five months in, people quit opening the email. Oh.
0: At best, yeah.
1: People opt out of your text messages. People, the algorithm of Facebook, quit showing them the Facebook stuff and Instagram because they've never engaged. Yeah. When we send an email about Mother's Day to women who told you they were frequent, like one of the clients we did it for was like 845 women, something like that, got this message. 300 of them went to the post and commented. I mean, that's- you
0: know, That's massive.
1: That's, that's a huge audience. Yeah. And Facebook sees that. The email programs see that and your customers now are waiting what's the next email going to be about i know it's not going to be about some lame menu item
0: yeah what's your your special but you know what I, what, what i also like about it is it's, it's similar to like personal branding is that it allows you to show some of your personality yeah. you're not just jamming like you said here's our specials this is a new beer this is a new wine it's i mean a taco tuesday post every tuesday we get it you're a taco place i got i got the taco tuesday thing you know um so in terms of implementing what does what does the average restaurant guy need to do? Like, let's, let's talk about step one. I don't know what I'm doing coming out of this pandemic. I need to figure out how to
1: get started here. What's, what's, what's their first step. That is an easy question. They go to Amazon and buy my new book.
0: That's, that is, that's,
1: I'll tell you what, I will tell you what I
0: got about a third of the way through it. There is so much information in this book. There is so much information in this book. And I, I literally am thinking of a guy who has asked me that question. Like where do I start? I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna give him this book because I'm like, dude, I you don't need me either. You're gonna call Matt, but you should read this book first because it is literally. You're right. That is a little bit of a loaded question. It's step by step. It's step by step. Everybody in here that are starting with chapter two, the five steps. So, um, but seriously, after you pick up the book and you got to implement this stuff, don't you get some feedback from these guys? Like, I don't don't have time for this. Yeah, I I gotta figure. Like, and then that's where you come in, obviously, but. Talk about that. Why? Why? Why do they not prioritize this? This is like, this is sales and marketing 101 for e-commerce for any other business in the world. Why do restaurants traditionally have an issue with this?
1: Well, you mentioned a great topic there. E-commerce. The reason e-commerce people appreciate it is because they can see that they ran a Facebook ad, a Google pay-per-click campaign, and a hundred people clicked it, and thirty gave their information, yep. and fifteen bought something, and ten more bought again in a month. They see the results. Yep. Typically, small business people have never seen that end game. You know, I understand it. Like I, I've got to, I, I spend money. I've got a Mercedes Sprinter van parked out here that goes on the road every week. And it costs us five grand a week for that to go on the road on a bad wow. week. 3,800 is our best week so far, the lowest. And we film TV content. And we also have things we do for restaurants. I can look at that and say, I spent this. We visited this many restaurants and here was the equation. Well, restaurants can't do that. Restaurants typically can't say, hey, I sponsored Ryle High School's football team, which six restaurants sponsored because of me. My son's on the team. My wife's on the committee. I'm president of the TD club. And they sponsor my behalf. None of them will be able to in six months go, with without a doubt, I had 392 customers walk in the past six months because of my sign at the Ryle football game. So they have this love-hate relationship. They know they need to the market. But they're like, at what point do I quit spending money on stuff I don't know what's working? Uh, the example I use a lot with houses, I tell friends of mine this all the time when I speak on this at different marketing conferences to marketing professionals. They say, Matt, how, how come it's so hard to sell marketing to small business owners? I say, well, here's a question. So I own a house. I've got a house. I bought, I had a realtor that showed it to me. I had a mortgage guy that gave me a mortgage. I had a title insurance company that did title insurance audit. it. I have my insurance guy that wrote the insurance. I had the pool put in. I had all this crap done to it. Imagine if I never got to see the house. But mm-hmm. every month, Mo Schneider, I mortgage I call myself, hey Matt, house is there. It's doing great. Pool looks wonderful. Loving it. See you later. At some point, I want to see my house. Yeah. <laughs> that right. is marketing for most restaurants. They spend money. And what happened? Matt Plapp told me it worked. Did yeah. it work? I don't know. And so where you need to start with is number one, coming up with a marketing plan, not an advertising plan. Advertising is easy. It's easy to boost a Facebook post. It's easy to write a check to somebody. Put together a plan and have and have a game plan with it. And I'll give you an example of a, a perfectly easy step, how you can compare two different things. So we have a restaurant, we, a, a guy that I know, him and his brother have two restaurants. So they eat same exact brands, very similar personalities, everything, different areas, same location or same city. Uh, we gave them both the exact same in-store marketing kit. And said, Hey, here's an in store marketing kit for you to use in your restaurant to get people's information. About a month later, brother number one had 700 plus people that had scanned the QR code, answered the five questions, and had started going through the marketing funnel. Brother mm. number two had like 50. Yeah. And I'm like, How is this possible? And he said, Because I made it part of our SOP for the cashier. I said, And I knew what he meant, but I said, Explain it to me. He goes, Matt, cashier. Their job is to take the money. Their job is to finish the interaction. So they have to come back. If they walk up, they have to have their hands washed. They got to put gloves on. And then they have an exact script of what they do. If they're not using their phone to use it means they're not in your VIP program. The question we ask is, hey, I'm guessing you're not in our VIP program. And most of them aren't. Well, no, I'm not. Especially this was a brand new client. Yeah, Great. You want your burrito free next week? Uh, Yeah, nobody's going to say no to that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. No, I want to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Scan this code, answer five questions. We're going to send you four amazing offers within two hours. Thank you for your business. The other brother, and then they took the money. It was like, that was the steps, then the money. The other mm. brother's people are like, Hey, uh, see that code? Yeah. You you can scan it and something happens. You, you get something like, I don't know what it really is. Like, it's, it's yeah. Really cool to it. Totally. Yeah. And so I would say number one is you've got to Put in place a marketing plan, that worst case scenario. If you do nothing else, if you listen to nothing else in this book, listen to nothing else I ever say, do me a favor and ask every person. Have a compelling question and call to action for every person that walks through your door to get them to give you their information. Don't give it to you if you ask correctly. If you say, hey, you don't want to give me your email address, do you? You (laughs) No. And also don't say like I had, I was at a restaurant recently. They had a thing in their thing. Join our email newsletter. I don't want a newsletter from a restaurant.
0: Yeah, what news are you tell me?
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, I might say scan to join the beer club. Uh Hell yeah. I had sure. one of our clients. We put together a whole promotion and it went great. We called it the beer testers. And the way we came up with it was whenever we would run a now hiring ad, people go, hey, I'm open for being a beer tester as a brewery. Like everybody. That was the number one comment on every now hiring post. That's great. And so I said, you know what? Must create a beer testers club. And like, what is it? I don't know. We'll figure it out later. So <laughs> whole thing. Scan this code. Have the end goal
0: there. in mind. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, have that end goal in mind, then figure out how to get there.
1: Yeah. So number one, make a make a hardcore effort. As hardcore as you do with your customers, your employees washing their hands, with them giving people the correct change back, get people's information because just like I mentioned the story of me and my wife, we don't get we don't date and get married and have two kids. And here we are 20-something years later without me asking for her phone number. Now She's probably pissed she gave it to me now. She's like, damn, if I would have just like <laughs> walked past this guy. <laughs> because the other guy that was hitting on it at the time, uh, John Roush, uh, ended up having like a 14-year MLB career making like $10 million a year. So uh, Christy got the wrong uh, end of the you stick know. But that's a big thing is ask for their information. And then yeah. after that, I would say have a plan to use the information because everybody can say, I don't have time. I don't disagree right now. There's a dude mowing the grass of my, my building out here. And I don't mow the grass. I pay somebody to mow the grass. Can I mow the grass? Probably could Austin, <laughs> one of my employees who like a week ago said, Hey boss, I'll mow the grass. I'm like, no, I want you to work on your stuff. Like, yeah. That guy mow the grass. I'll pay them $348 it. a month to mow the grass. So you could hire somebody, which I think is the best thing you should do with most parts of your business. I mean, hire, you should hire a realtor to help you find property. You should hire an attorney to make sure your contracts and companies are done. You should hire an accountant to do your taxes and your, yeah. your book work. Why are you trying to fake it on the marketing?
0: That's the thing. It's. it's, it's I talk about it all the time too, is these things, particularly with the real estate thing that you touched on. We're here to help you because you need to do what you do. You need to focus on your business. You need to focus on your marketing. You need to do your training and all that stuff. Other professionals exist in this business to help you for that reason. Knowing what you don't know is, is a huge piece of, I think, successful restaurant owners and the ones that are kind of stuck, chained to the stove and just can't quite figure it all out.
1: I got to go uh, mobile here. I just realized I didn't plug my computer in, so I'm going to walk out to our shared yeah, our This It's the second time it's happened,
0: area. Back to back. It must be me. No, forget- I, uh, I'm sitting here. I look at like, a tour. Oh, Can we get a tour of the operations while you're up and around? Yeah. So this Let's is do, my do that. Office. Nice. That's
1: my, my office. This is the uh, open workspace. So this is where uh, any restaurant in the area uh, can come and work for free out of.
0: Uh, That's our awesome. goal.
1: I kept seeing a lot of restaurants. Oh, we lost them. Because nobody's building restaurants and saying, right. hey, "Put in a five hundred foot conference room." And so, when we did this, there's also in the lower level. There's a. uh see, am I plugged in? Hey, I got power. There we go. Lower level, there's a 45 to 50 seat uh room. There's a conference room. There's two breakaway rooms. There's three offices on that side people can use. There's a small, uh, what do you call it? Semi private. And on this side, this is actually gonna be done next week. This is pretty exciting. This is what's ironic about me being out here. That's a podcast and video studio.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Nice. So
1: here I am on a podcast and I'm walking around the office <laughs> versus yeah. being in I our yeah. So that'll be done here. And uh, I think uh, next Tuesday.
0: That's great. Cause it is great. That sometimes you have you need to have these meetings at the restaurant. You need to have a meeting, but you don't want to have it at the restaurant. Yeah. You have no place to have, it. you got to go to a coffee shop. That's not a great spot either. So that's a really cool thing you're doing there. Um, so the book is out. What I have a question about is in the title, you, you mentioned your, your tagline here is before, during, and after the, the, the title of the book is restaurant marketing that works before, during and after the pandemic how has your strategy changed since as we come out of this pandemic has it changed
1: zero, zero. and that's the, the title I started writing this book in late 2019 and the you know got it in 2020 and finished it it was this is in September I finished it earlier this year and back end of last year like November December my publisher called me we we're talking and the book's title was restaurant marketing that works back to the basics 101 because to me the five steps in here are basic steps you should be taking on any marketing campaign you do. Mm -hmm. And that's my vision with it. And he said, Matt, what changed this year versus last year? I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, this little thing we've had called the pandemic the last six months. I'm like, okay. He's like, what strategies have you changed with what you do for restaurants? I said, none. Like the only time we actually changed was just, we kind of tweaked a little in March, April, and May was, we went from an email every couple of weeks to some restaurants, three to four emails a week because people needed to know we're still yeah. open. We have yep. dining. We don't have dining. I mean, that was that element. I said, but honestly, what we're doing now, six months later, is exactly what we did this time last year, year before, year before. And I said, because it hasn't changed. It's get attention. It's get their information. And it's talk to them more often. And that's a big element too. the word talk. A lot of people's emails, text messages, Facebook campaigns are poor attempts to get married to your customer. Create a relationship, have a conversation with them. When was the last time your restaurant sent an email out that asked a question that said, Hey, hope things are going well? Is everything getting back to normal in your life? I know a restaurant that did that to a big list had like 800 plus replies. Yeah. And they replied back to each one of them and had conversations because that's what it is. It's a conversation. And just like restaurants typically, in my opinion, do a really bad job at the table touch, Mm -hmm. uh, they. They do a bad job at the the digital table touch, which is a Facebook comment, which is a view reply with, which is an email or text.
0: Yeah, I think they miss the they miss how valuable it is to say, "Hey, I saw you know Timmy hit a home run." Like uh, you're on their Instagram or your their Facebook, and you can see if you can have that connection, right? I mean, marketing sales guy, if you can have a connection with somebody, that's not a cold that's not a cold relationship anymore. People think there's a difference between that. But the reality is people are putting out there their life, right? They're putting it out there saying, this is what we're doing, this is what we're proud of. And if you can say, Hey, I saw you guys went to Aruba last week, or I saw the the, you know, the the dance recital, they're like, wow, you really you really care about me.
1: I mean, there's there's multiple ways to keep up with people. And I'll give you two examples that hit exactly what you just talked about. Number one is Bob Jacoby, who now works for a brand called City Barbecue, awesome barbecue place here in the Midwest and like Cincinnati area. But he worked for a place called Quaker Steak and Lube. He was the general manager there for gosh, I'd say seven, seven, eight, nine years. I was friends with him on Facebook. Uh, we knew each other. I a, was a good customer. And so I would, i remember when I would go in, he wouldn't even acknowledge me. He would acknowledge Cole or Paige, my kids. Mm-hmm. Cole, what's up, brother? Man, you're getting big, man. I saw you at football. I saw your dad's video the other day. You're crushing it. I mean, it was great. And then the other side of it is uh, an operator named uh, Matthew Browski, 618 up in New Jersey. And he's got a cool operation up there he was telling me they use open table for every reservation one big reason they like the notes and he's like matt i remember are all of our servers whenever you have somebody you get down with their table you walk back to open table you put notes in there so matthew said he'd look at the reservations he sees people coming he looks at their notes he sees in the notes that the last time the guy was in the kid's son was going off to harvard walks over to the table hey how's your kid enjoying harvard this guy said this guy's face was like the hell yeah like, it. loving it yeah so there's an instance of where he doesn't know the guy on facebook and there, that, there's some places that's scalable some it's not but he took the time to have systems in place to ask valid questions and have conversations at the table to prepare the next visit
0: yeah that's i mean that's what you know yeah. sean walcheff talks about the, his digital hospitality i mean i think that's a real phrase is... yeah i get
1: to, i get to sit down with him in uh two weeks i'm going out there
0: Oh, that's a nice place to be. He's got quite the he's got quite the setup over there. He's been going in on TikTok quite a bit. I've been paying awesome. attention. Um, yeah, so I mean, digital hospitality—that's a real thing. People, you know, they, that that I think it's you know to the to the guys who are good table touchers, traditional operators. When that pandemic struck, you know, they were excellent at what you're talking about—the tableside manner. But now, when that wasn't an option. And you didn't have the tools, or you didn't have the skill set to get online. That's why you saw this rush to get online. That's why I was asking you: Do you think it's more important now? But I think it's it's a skill set that you got to work on. If
1: you don't have it, you got to work on it. Or hire somebody to do it. Yep. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, you have to. And it's like today at lunch. I had lunch today uh, with my dad and two of his buddies. They've been having lunch every week for like nine hundred years. <laughs> and so they were like, "Hey, we're going to Twin Peaks." And I'd never been to a Twin Peaks, and I'm like, "Okay, I'll, I'll go with you." And we went down and the server walked up to me you know, when she came for her first time, when our food got delivered, the number one thing they always say, Hey, how is everything? She uh, said, Hey, how's your brisket chili? Yep. And to me, that was just the next step because, it's, yep. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? I mean, what am I going to say? It's going crappy. It's going terrible. Yeah. You know, it, she asked specifically how my item was on my plate. And then there's ways to go to the next level. And she asked other questions and we had some good conversations. That's um, exactly
0: how it's done. You got, I, I just actually did a TikTok video on that and, it's was titled how to make more tips right it was like just you got to get something somebody's attention but you're not you it's not your job to be in charge of everything how's everything oh well she's trying to break up with me if you want to know but the salmon's great you know like that kind of you don't want to get oh we're getting foreclosed on but thank you yes i'll have another vodka soda yeah. but i mean that's what i hate that that line like you said how is everything and the other one is so what are we having today are you are You going to have dinner with us? I don't, yeah. That's not it. The genuineness, I think, same yeah. digital and tableside are, are identical, just different platforms.
1: Yeah. Right, oh, And I'll tell you one that really gets me. Talk about where somebody can start. Start with saying thank you. Thank you to every review online. We yeah. all look at bad reviews and we respond like the world's burning because Joe from Idaho said that our French fries were terrible. Mm. But the 500 people before Joe that said how awesome we were, crickets. So yeah. you know, yeah. the number one place that's to good. start is ask for people's information. Number two is to get online and say, thank you. Because I, I use the uh, analogy that I'm walking down a hallway and you and I walk by each other and I see that you got this new shirt on. I go, dude, I love the new shirt, Kyle. And you just keep walking. And I'm like, I'm jerk. And that's yeah. what it would think. <laughs> and what I love about positive reviews is you can get on there. Like I saw one the other day, a client said, Matt, give me an example. I went to his Yelp. And there was a review that referenced a food item and an employee. And I said, you get on there and you blow that employee up like they're the best person ever. You're right. Karen is unbelievable. She's been with us five years. She does a great job. Yeah. What I love about her most is this, this, and this. By the way, you also loved our, our, our crab cake. Anybody else that you know that loves crab cake, I'd love for them to come by the restaurant. DM us on Facebook and we'll make sure we hook you up with something. Yeah. Yeah and that's not hard to do
0: no no it's actually very easy to do right i mean take set aside 10 minutes in your morning to review any any new kind of reviews where you have an opportunity to connect i think it's it's kind of like um like playing a sport right playing golf or something you're not going to realize that you can take certain shots or do certain things unless you get in there and start playing a little bit you're not going to realize that these these are opportunities and i think that's a fantastic point that you are not thanking the people who are actually praising your restaurant. You're only addressing the people who have something to say about your shitty service or a bad French fries or whatever it is.
1: And, th- and think about the employee side of it. The employees see that stuff. And if yep. all of a sudden they log in and Yelp and it's like, man, that's pretty cool that the owner popped in there and didn't just say, yeah, Karen's great, but maybe dropped a sentence or two about it. You can yep. literally spend 30 minutes to an hour, two or three days a week and do that. And it wouldn't be hard. You could spend have somebody else do it. You could have an employee do it. Uh, I mean, it's just conversations are why people go to restaurants or why people interact with businesses. Somebody asked me the other day, what did I notice a big difference in the restaurant business last summer versus, you know, years past? I said, I actually did a video on it. I said to me, I'm sitting there in like July or August. I did an Instagram live on it. I said, you know, I just realized I haven't been to a McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Taco Bell. I haven't been to like five or six of these national brands that are all around everywhere. And I know why. I don't know the operator. I don't know a server. I don't have a relationship. Every restaurant I had went to when the pandemic hit to last summer, when things started to open up a little were places that I was like, Hey, I want to support X, Y, Z. And I don't have a relationship with the person that owns 50 McDonald's and Shelly that to drive through and messes up my <laughs> order. You know. but I that that to me was a big deal too. And I think that's the thing that restaurants capitalize on. I think we talk about it in here somewhere about video, uh, about the importance of getting on video. on oh, yeah. out at Cali BBQ is like, oh God. my gosh, like I can't I avoid like can't, I should, can't avoid that guy. I feel like I should just quit doing video. I mean, like I'm just. If I was a restaurant in his area, I would give up. I'd be like, okay, we're done. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: drowning them out. Yeah, good luck getting barbecue in San Diego without showing, finding out that you're interested in yeah. too. You know, he's on top of that stuff. He's, he's a fantastic example of, of how to make that work. Yeah. And I think it's, it's you know, to your point, the, the conversation, the conversation that you have with your guests, I mean, you have the ability to hit them in their pocket with this little thing here by just saying, Hey, let want to let you know that this is what's going on. We appreciate you guys coming out last night. We had a great time. The game was on, whatever it is. The, the, the ability to do that is, I mean, to connect with your customers outside of your four walls is a tremendous asset. I think it's just a matter of perspective. By the way, these guys got to take a look at it.
1: It's unbelievable. Sean, how old are you? I'm 45.
0: Oh, me? I'm 44. 44.
1: Okay. So when we were, I figured you were the same age as me. So back in 99, when I started radio and you were probably doing something in the professional world as well, think about what didn't exist. If you were a restaurant operator, oh, yeah. you didn't have Facebook, you didn't have email, you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have LinkedIn, you didn't have TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. Uh, you, if you wanted to advertise your restaurant, it was direct mail, it was radio, it was TV, it was cable. And maybe you have some poor guy standing on the corner spinning an arrow.
0: <laughs> Dressing the chicken.
1: Yeah. yeah. That, that was it. Like 99% of your marketing was paid yeah. and i wrote i wrote a book i never published because it, it it was it's okay the title sucks because i'm told nobody knows how it means but the <laughs> book was called create your own radio station and it came up because i was doing a seminar back in like 2012 2011 or 12. i'm doing a seminar and i said everybody's fascinated with mass media what if i told you you could own your own radio station but like yeah like, where do you buy a radio station I said, you already have it. He said, what do you mean? I So I drew a map on, up on the wall, up on the, the whiteboard. I said, here's Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana. I'm right in the tri-state. I drew a circle. I said, you right here, where's your business? He said, I got a one-location restaurant down here. Put a dot there. I said, I'm going to guess the vast majority of your audience comes within three miles, right? Yeah. So I circled the three miles around his restaurant. I said, okay, so 700 WLW Cincinnati reaches 200,000 people a week. That's their big bragging point, 200,000 person queue. They also talk about a 15,000 person AQH, average quarter. Every 15 minutes, 15,000 people are listening to that radio station. Wow! I said, so 15,000 we were 15 minutes. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's eliminate 98% of them because they're not within three miles of your restaurant. So now that 15,000, let's say, is down to, let's just use easy math. It's down to 500 people. So yep. now there's 500 people within three miles that are, have the ability to hear that radio station. The odds of them listening at the time you're thinking that your commercial's on, let's go down to 100. And yep. the odds of those hundreds staying on the station and not being on their phone, looking at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, yelling at their kid, uh, you know, switching the station, whatever. Now you're down to 50. I said. So we agree. You you get my math? Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. I said. How many people in here have a Facebook page with more than 50 people? Everybody raise their hands. How many yeah. people have a LinkedIn profile with more than 50 connections? Everybody raise their hands. How many people have been using email to reply to customer conversations in the past 10 years and have probably done more than 50 of those? They yeah, all raise their hands. I said. You just created your own radio station. You've got yeah. Facebook, you've got Instagram, you have an audience. The reason a radio station can sell their commercial is they're selling you the attention of somebody on the other end of that 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 broadcasting. Yeah. Well, yeah. every small business has a radio station. If you take your and I took that guy as an example, he had 1800 people between like five of his channels back then. And I said, So dude, why don't you just quit sucking at using your own radio station? <laughs> yeah. And so that's that, that. My one of my first books that I wrote. Actually, my first book I wrote was called "Create Your Own Radio Station." The guy that published the last three said, "Matt, nobody's going to Amazon and looking up how to create a radio station." He says, now, once you get mass appeal and once people like know Matt Plapp, then you can publish that book because they'll be looking right. for your title, not, right? You know, looking for you, not the title of the book.
0: Yeah, I mean that's it. Me be like Gary V says, "Be your own media company." Who's gonna yep. who's gonna promote you better than you? Yep. You're gonna be added to a list of other advertisers. You have the opportunity to do it on your own. it's Um, amazing
1: what's free right now it's amazing what exists right now yeah it's unbelievable it's a freaking gold mine
0: yeah and i always say look at look at look at what the guys who are doing it right are doing right like look at what they're doing and and just slowly start to implement but with this with your book available on amazon right they can pick this up on amazon on amazon guys if you have any questions about anything regarding what I know Matt threw a lot at you here and there's a lot of little you know tidbits to to hang on to but this is a playbook this is a playbook right here and now if they read the book and then they're like dude I can't do this what's the best way for them to get a hold of
1: you Matt at mattplap.com on the screen there Mattplap.com. that's my website it has links to other companies that we have our other divisions Uh, my cell phone number if I can put that here you can text me or call me if you want to I do it people that get crazy uh, it's (laughs) 859-743- 2408 743 2408 area code 859 for Kentucky. That's and it. uh that's my number. Give me a call, give me a text. Uh, I I travel a lot. Uh we're on the road. My team's on the road every week. I'm on the road every other week. Uh give that phone number one more time. 859-743-2408.
0: That's real, that's really putting yourself out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, I literally I had a call like three weeks ago on a Saturday night at like eleven fifteen and the guy called me and, and i just was sitting on the back porch chilling doing something We're gonna go to bed and i answered it like what's up and he's like oh this is matt i'm like yeah <laughs> like, oh I, I i apologize i thought i was calling your company i was gonna leave a message i wanted to talk to somebody on your team this next week uh and i just wanted to do it while i was top of mind i'm like he's like i didn't think you actually the number i heard you on a podcast <laughs> give out I, I thought it was like a company number i'm like no it's myself.
0: there you like, go he's
1: like i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt we did like a 15-minute conversation so
0: Uh, yeah it's like when you do it like you want to be involved you want to help people right so like yeah hit me up i'll talk to you about it that's that's fantastic so there it is 859-743-248 give him a call he's gonna answer the phone when even if he's in the back of his van so tell me real quick about the van where it's going and and what the plans are for that we touched on earlier but we weren't on the air
1: yeah so let me uh i can actually walk out there and do this
0: oh my this is awesome we lost your audio though
1: can you hear me now? Gotcha. Cool. So, yeah, this is uh, – we're doing something different this next week. We've got the van, and we've got a second one coming online, and our goal is five uh, in, in six months, 10 in a year, 50 in five years. But these vans are going around and shooting our TV show, America's Best Restaurants, all over the country. So the van's behind me, along with the other toy that matches it. And these two are going on a road trip. Uh, in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, we're giving away we – uh, we have like 80 – orange Lamborghini die-cast that kids can get when we show up at a restaurant and shoot our show. But the show, the van, is a conference room inside. So it's blue on one side, orange on the other. I don't know if you'll be able to see good or good light, but it's a, it's a conference room.
0: It's, oh, my God. Traveling luxury. TV. That looks awesome. TV. Oh, losing you a little bit there.
1: TV. We're creating a meet. Oh,
0: we're there we go. You. Can you hear me now? We got you now. Yep, there you go. There we are. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I had a vision three years ago. I was actually in San Diego, ironically. I'll be there in two weeks. our yeah. guy, Sean, who I saw a comment on here. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Jensen. Uh, I had a vision that restaurants do not control the narrative of their brands online. Uh, Yelp, Google, places like that, they don't have the power over that. So I had this vision to create americasbestrestaurants.com back then. It since has changed to where now my vision is to travel the country and get on video every restaurant consumers should eat at weekly. And so nice. right now we're on pace that each van will visit 500 restaurants a year. So in five years and there's 50 vans, that's a lot of 500 times 50 is. It's a lot. I'm not that smart. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. And my vision is restaurants you can eat at weekly. What's a restaurant consumers should eat at weekly. They should know about. We go to restaurants. You can go to americasbestrestaurants.com right now. Uh, some of the, the episodes actually start launching on YouTube next week. Uh, but you can go there and go to like North Carolina and look up sweet taters on the list. And it, again, the site's being built as we go right now from a stock content of listing. But we're trying to get 2,000 restaurants listed a month. And the goal is to list 100,000 restaurants in the next 12 months. And that's our goal to visit those $100 restaurants over the next five to 10 years.
0: My gosh, that's a massive undertaking. You're going to have to run behind that thing to kind of stay in shape. You're meeting at all these restaurants.
1: It's Well, we we figured that out. We've been doing it now. We've been doing the videos for three years, but with the van, we've been doing it four months this year. And it's funny because every time we have a new employee, there's eight people on that team now for that part of the company. And every time a new person goes on a trip and we go to seven restaurants in a day over like 12 hours after the second or third restaurant, you're like, dude, quit eating. Like you're going to die like in the next week. And (laughs) you're going to make this more So we've gotten to a point now where the people that the, the Casey vets all know you take one or two bites. Uh, We're on camera talking about one or two bites. You go to the next restaurant. Otherwise you'll, we'll all Uh, be, we'll all be in a a bad place physically.
0: Yeah. And you're not going to, you're not going to have that energy by that second, third restaurant. You're going to be taking a nap.
1: Yeah, it's tough, but it's fun.
0: Oh man, this is great guys. If you, um, even you know even if you think you know what you're doing i promise you this book is is a game changer so matt i appreciate you sending a copy over and um you know doing what you do and this is this is super important for independent restaurants restaurants of any size but to really to really take this as gospel and put it into practice and i appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us uh, on the show today
1: i appreciate having me on brother
0: well look have a safe trip say hi to sean I'm and welcome. when you come up to new york Let me know. We can can definitely get seven to 10 restaurants in in a day. No problem. For
1: sure. New York is, uh, I'm hoping to get to New York before fourth quarter.
0: All right. I'll be here.
1: Cool. Or by the fourth quarter, I should say. All right. Fair
0: enough. All right, guys. Matt Plapp. Check him out, mattplapp.com. And Matt, have a great weekend. Thanks again for the time. Thanks, brother. That was episode 98 with Matt Plapp, restaurant marketing extraordinaire, author, who's Book is linked in the show notes here. And look, if you need a copy of this book, Restaurant Marketing That Works: Back to Basics Before, During, and After the Pandemic, go to Amazon, click the link, buy it on Amazon. The paper book is like the paperback, rather is like seven bucks. But you know what? Even if if you don't want to buy it, you're like, "Oh, fuck it, I don't want to buy it. I want you to give it to me." Cool. You let me know. I will send you a copy of the book. That's how much I believe in restaurant owners having a copy of this book. So you let me know, and I will send you a copy of that book. But the link is in the show notes. buy a copy for a friend, buy a copy for somebody who's looking to open a restaurant because this is the playbook. All right. Um, Big news episode 100. So hopefully you've been listening this far, you know, to tune in for episode 100. It is going to be pretty, it's going to be probably the biggest announcement that we ever made on the show. So uh, hopefully you check it out. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. And I will see you in two days. Thanks again, guys. Bye.